3: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Two balls and
4: a strike to Alfaro. Pitch from Hendricks coming and a ground ball to shortstop. Andrews has it. He goes the short way. They will force out Grisham and the ball game is over. Hendricks picks up the save. The White Sox pick up the win, but the Padres are going to party. Time to pop some bottles here at Petco Park as the San Diego Padres are headed to the 2022 postseason. Fireworks going off out of the big video board in left field. And, uh, hey, I think you put the result of this game aside very, very quickly because we're about to have some fun here.
5: No doubt. It leaves a little bit of a weird feeling with the loss, but there's a lot to be happy about as the Padres have clinched a wild card spot. They'll be headed to 2022 postseason. And we'll all get to celebrate it with them here into after this game is well, it's complete. They're getting the T-shirts out right now as we speak.
4: Yeah, it's a little funny, right? you got the White Sox are giving high fives <laughs> on the left side. And uh, obviously, they're going to vacate the premises pretty quickly. Right. And at that point, I think the Padres are going to come pouring out of the first base dugout. But they are all down there ready to go and ready to celebrate. And like I said, I think we got to turn the page a little bit from this 2-1 loss to the Chicago White Sox because there is a bigger picture. And, of course, it is the postseason. Padres are in, and uh, now it's time to uh, celebrate what really is a heck of an accomplishment.
5: I mean, listen, this team, as you said, nothing has come easy for them. Um, They've had to grind. They've had terrific points of the season. They've had low points in the season. But the thing that you have to admire about this ball club, they never blinked. They kept coming back when things seem when the ceiling had or the sky had seemed like it had completely fallen they found a way to get it back up this is the reward right here let me
4: tell you this too tony as we're watching the padres come out of the dugout onto the field this is incredibly businesslike from this team right now and part of that perhaps is the fact that they just lost this game but i think that also signals a very clear indication that they realize this is only the first of what they expect to be several celebrations this October.
5: You know, certainly the loss plays a, a big factor in it. It's it's tough to really be in that mind frame when you just lost a game. Um, but they know there there's bigger and better things out there for them at this point. They've earned it.
4: It's a lot of high fives, a lot of hugs. You know, there's not any jumping up and down or anything like that going on. And, uh, yeah, again, without question a big part of that is what just took place on this field but I think also it shows a maturity here and uh, while we sometimes think about this as a very young team with a bunch of inexperienced guys the reality is the the leaders of that clubhouse many of them they have been there and done that Juan Soto of course all the way to the top of the mountain as a World Series champion in 2019 and it's again high fives and hugs up and down the line right now Bob Melvin is down there the entire team is down there Wearing the orange, excuse me, the brown shirts uh, that say October Rise. They've got the hats on as well. Manny all smiles. But again, I'm struck by the tone of this, and uh, I'm very impressed by it. Joe Musgrove has a World Series ring. Juan Soto has a World Series ring. Manny Machado's been to the playoffs just to get it started. And a a heck of an accomplishment for this 2022 team. And again, you think back to literally the first day of spring training and the curveball that these guys were thrown when we found out really at the same time they did that Fernando Tatis Jr. had broken his wrist. And right out of the gate, their medal was tested with a first-year manager. And uh, they responded then, and they have responded all season long.
5: Yeah, we'll get a chance to talk to Bo Mel, but in my opinion, he, he is the reason why they have been able to navigate that uppercut early in the season. The uppercut in the middle of the season. It just goes to show you what a manager like Bo Mel brings to the table when he walks into a locker room and is able to really galvanize everybody in that locker room and really keep them. It's, not, it's, it's easy to get them on the same page, but to keep them on the same page over the course from February till now is a very, very tough job, and he's been able to pull it off. Don't
4: forget what he uh, had to do a couple of weeks ago in Arizona after that really ugly loss. Game one of the series at Chase Field against the Diamondbacks. Bob, by the way, just had the uh, Gatorade cooler dumped on him. Looks like Musgrove and Clevenger were the guys to get him. He's uh, being interviewed by Bob Scanlon down on the field for television. We will have Bob Melvin live in just a couple of moments when they conclude uh, their conversation the team then is going to head into the clubhouse they're going to have a private celebration for i would anticipate i don't know five ten minutes and then the clubhouse will open up and the uh, real craziness will begin tony's going to go down there and uh, interview different players live from the clubhouse uh, but but i'm with you what what he has had to kind of go through and all the ups and downs with the roller coaster and keeping this team on track when i think we know from experience now not every single manager would have been able to pull that off
5: no no no, a lot of managers wouldn't be able to pull it off. And uh, to have his steady hand, and that's the thing. You brought up what happened in Arizona. He hadn't done that all year because there's a right time and there's a wrong time. He picked the absolute perfect time to, to really call his team to the carpet and, 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 and require some change. And because of that, they responded in the way they have. They played their best way, baseball from that point now, from that point there till now. And I think Bo go- using the the media in the way that he did in that moment really, I think, just got their attention. Was, they knew at that point it was time to go.
4: That was a move made by a guy who knows what he's doing, Bob Melvin. Now in the postseason for the eighth time in his managerial career, the Padres as an organization into the postseason for the seventh time in their history. Bob now joining the team. They're going to take a photograph on the mound, and it is going to be a classic. They've got the t-shirts. They've got the hats. Uh, They are ready to celebrate, and they are ready to party. Again, Bob is going to join us live from the field coming up in just a couple of moments. And then Tony's going to head down to the clubhouse. Please do stay with us. We're going to have a lot of really fun coverage coming up here tonight as uh, the Padres celebrate heading back to the postseason. First time since 2020, and the first time an opportunity to clinch in front of these great fans since 2005. That is an awful long time ago. Pictures being taken down at the center of the infield, and uh, really just a great scene here. All the fans who have stayed on their feet, they are watching and again, the result today a little bit secondary, and you're not going to get the opportunity to say that many times. But the White Sox win this game. In the bottom of the seventh inning, though, the Marlins knocked off the Brewers at American Family Field, and that put the pods into the playoffs. team is starting to leave the center of the infield. They are headed down into the dugout and from there into the clubhouse, and that is when the real fun is going to begin. And again, we should have Bob Melvin uh, any moment now down from the camera well by first base, we see him walking over there. Really do appreciate Bob, by the way, taking the time to spend a couple of moments with uh, with us. We see Bob putting the headphones on down there right now. Skipper, it's Jesse and Tony live on the radio up behind home plate. First and foremost, congratulations.
1: Thank you. No, it's a
3: you know a long hard road here,
4: so finally got here which is fantastic and uh every everybody's going to be celebrating here pretty quick inside no oh, i don't have any doubt about that how many times this year and how many times uh, you have said and we have said nothing has come easy for this team tremendous perseverance and it's going to feel that much better and it does feel you, that much better now that we've gotten here so
5: you know nothing's really worthwhile that that isn't hard and this was hard for us but uh like I said, time to celebrate. Bo Mel, first, congratulations on a job well done, you and your ball club. You, you've you had to really come in, and, and this team has had to persevere through some tough times during the course of the year. You get the uppercut earlier in the season when you find out Fernando's not going to be be with you guys to start. You get another uppercut midseason. How have you been able to keep these guys on the same, pulling in the same direction on the same rope. It's been easy. You know, it's a credit to them. They know, you know, they, they, they know what was what was ready for us at the end. And you, you keep your eye on
4: that all the time. You know, no matter how many punches, like you said, that you take along the way,
6: if you really, really are convicted in, in what it's going to look like at the end, then, then you end up in the place we are right now.
4: Bob, uh, we really appreciate the time. Get in there, have some fun. We'll see you downstairs. All right, thank you. All right, that's Bob Melvin live from uh, the Padre dugout here. He's going to head up that tunnel, and we've got a lot more for you coming. It is a clinching celebration here at Petco Park in downtown San Diego. Padres into the playoffs for the first time in two years, and really if you go back to the last normal season the Padres were in the playoffs, you got to go to 2006. In that clubhouse, the plastic is up protecting the lockers. The champagne is not only on ice, but it is about to be popped. And along with that, we're going to send Tony down there. We will uh, speak to you in just a couple of moments. Get your goggles ready. And uh, Tony's going to be visiting with different Padre players any moment. We'll take a break. Come back. More postgame coverage coming up on the Padres Radio Network. Back at Petco Park, this will do it for our immediate postgame coverage, but more fun to come. Tony is on his way down to the Padre Clubhouse. we got a bunch of live interviews coming up and a reminder that Padre Baseball has been a presentation of Odyssey and the San Diego Padres Radio Network. Our producer engineer, Dave Marcus, studio coordinator, Frank Marchese. For Tony Gwynn Jr., I'm Jesse Agler, reminding you to stay tuned. More post-game coverage is coming up. Padres have clinched a spot in the 2022 postseason. This is the San Diego Padres Radio Network.
0: Call from mom. Answer it. Call
2: silenced.
1: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game.
4: Five nights from now on Friday night, the Padres will be playing game one of a playoff series. Where that is, I do not know, but right now that does not matter. Welcome to the postgame, everybody. With Sam Levin and Tony Gwynn, Jr., I'm Jesse Agler, and uh, Tony is standing by down in the Padre clubhouse. Uh, first of all, man, have fun down there. Second of all, set the scene for us. What do we got?
5: Right now, the guys are are, are surrounding the champagne and the beer and they are spraying it amongst each other. It is a uh, pure celebration right now with all the guys.
4: Have uh, you- your goggles come in
5: handy yet? Yes. <laughs> I, caught, I caught strays as soon as I walked in. So right now I'm on the outside looking in. I'm going to soon grab somebody that walks by, but these guys are enjoying themselves right now.
4: All right, Tony's going to have interviews down in the clubhouse. We'll be checking in with him for the next I just watched,
5: while. <laughs> I just watched scans get doused <laughs> by about four or five guys.
4: So that could be coming your way as well. I
5: have a feeling it will.
4: Uh, now you are wearing a poncho, that is correct?
5: I am wearing a poncho. I am fully safe
4: and ready to go. Well, you're very smart. I can actually see you on television right now behind Will Myers. And uh, you're goggled up. You're ready to go. We're going to have some fun down there. And uh, as, as we talked about towards the end of the game, right, I mean, this is really, for almost any guy in this sport, a fairly uncommon thing. And the opportunity to celebrate a berth in the postseason is just not something you can ever take for granted.
5: Right now, I'm going to see if I can grab Nick Martinez. Oh, no. He got away from
4: me. All right, that's okay. They got other stuff going on. We will be very nimble here. We will uh, go with whatever you got, and uh, we'll have some fun with it, and we'll stand by. Padres uh, found out in the bottom of the seventh inning tonight that they were headed to the postseason. It was one of those awkward ones, of course, because the uh, Brewers losing is what put the Padres in, and so with the Padres trailing in the game at that moment, 2 to nothing, everything just sort of paused, and uh, the big sellout crowd here at Petco Park stood up and cheered as one all right tony sounds like he's got somebody down in the clubhouse tony
5: i got padre second baseman jake cronin works with us right now jake tell me what you're feeling right now
7: yeah i mean this is awesome uh you know all the things we went through this year ups and downs the the fight you know having struggles having success to come to this moment uh especially with this group is awesome
5: you were one of these guys that were a part of the 2020 season and that short 60-game season. Explain to the people out there how much different this feels after completing pretty much the full season 162 versus that 60-game season.
7: Yeah, the 60-game season is like a sprint. Uh, you know, every game matters. You know, not saying that all 162 here matters, but it does. Uh, it's a little different in 2020. But through 162, you're going to go through the ups and downs, and you know you're going to have guys hot, you're going to have guys that are really struggling, pitchers that have a tough time getting whatever. <laughs> uh, you know, I think this is a point where everything that we went through for the whole year, since spring training on, you know, the struggles, the fighting, the success, it all pays off and comes to this moment. You had the big two-run homer in last night's ball game. I got the sense
5: that you guys started to feel it in that game last night. Talk about that big homer
7: last night. Yeah, uh, you know I've hit I've hit some pretty I've had the opportunity to hit some pretty awesome homers in my career so far. Uh, but last night uh, was probably the most special uh, to give us the opportunity tonight to do what we're doing right now uh, and celebrate with these guys is what we play for. Get back out there
4: and go celebrate, brother. Tony, thank you. How about what Jake just had to say about that home run last night? Because he really has had some incredibly big home runs for this team the last three seasons. The most special. Uh, because it, as you said to him, T, it was just sort of like that felt like the moment where it almost became inevitable.
5: Well, you and I talked about it last night. You could just got the sense when he came in. That was the most emotion we've ever seen him with, right? And yeah. I think he just confirmed that. And, and having that conversation there.
4: Awesome stuff, Tony is gonna to, uh, be grabbing guys as they come, as everybody can imagine. It is fairly oh, chaotic oh, got, down there. I got
5: Jerickson with us right now. Let's go. All right Jerickson. Tell me what you're feeling right now. Uh, it feels great, it feels great, you know, the way that, you know, we, we, we went through a lot this year and, you know, still play good baseball and, and make the playoffs, you know, take the first step. It feels great. Early in the season, this team struggled to find a leadoff guy. You answered the bell in a way that I don't think very many people expected. Just talk about what that meant to you when they turned to you and asked you to lead off. See this kind of turned around for this team. Talk about that a little bit. Um, I think that's just, the, just my identity. You know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a, guy, a guy that goes to the plate. you know, always try to set the tone for the team, you know, take quality at bats. And, and help the team. That's how it's been, you know, my whole career, but I never had a really chance to, you know, do that. And finally, I got it this year. It wasn't just on the offensive side of the baseball that, that you had an impact. Your defense this year was amazing. Just talk about coming into the year, knowing you were gonna be in left field, wanting to be that guy that could, they could depend on defensively as well. I know, like I said, you know, I, 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 you know, I remember I got a chance like this since 2018, you know, to really hey, you're you're gonna play every day, and that really helped me, you know, focus on, you know, both defense and and heading. Way well, hey man, get back in there with your teammates, celebrate, brother. Thank
4: you. Tony and Jerks and Profar, thanks so much, and uh, Tony, you're on top of it with him. I mean, not only looking for a leadoff man, but looking for a left fielder. I think if we had a conversation about left field in spring training which I know we did it was probably with a lot of mystery surrounding it and Jerksen did an incredible job of establishing himself very early on as the option in left field that was big for this team there have been many little things like that along the way and anytime you're going to have a team that is good enough to get to the postseason and the Padres do now officially after 159 games you're going to have guys stepping up in ways perhaps that you didn't expect you can't only rely on the Machados of the world. All right, Jess, I, I, got,
5: I got the longest-tenured Padre with me right now, Will Myers. Will, you've been through, I mean, everything that we can possibly think
0: of <laughs> with this true. organization. What does this feel like? This feels great, man, just to be here after eight years celebrating like this. It's a lot of fun, man. It's a long time coming. Uh, this front office, this ownership group's done a great job. Uh, and to be here now, it makes it all worth it. It makes all the hard times worth it. So... We're in now, we got one place to go, so we're excited about it and uh, ready for the postseason.
5: Now, I I asked Jake the same question, because in 2020, you guys were both on the squad that got to the postseason. How different is this for you, the long haul versus that short sprint this year? It's different, you know, I mean, to
0: go through 162, to go through six months of the season is different. Uh, you know, two-month sprints, uh, it was important, but right here feels a lot different. It feels more real, and uh, it's very exciting to be here right now. Can't wait for uh, a couple days from now.
5: You you grinded all year long. You you had the knee injury that kept sure. you out for a little bit. From the moment you returned, you've had an impact on this ball club. What has that meant to you to come back and not just not just have an impact? You did it all over
0: the field, first, right? left. You played it, every position. It yeah, like it, it. it's really cool, you know, especially start off on this, uh, the first half struggling, but to be able to come back and contribute uh, here at the end was really cool. Uh, just to be able to contribute and help this team out is a lot of fun. Uh, we got to where we wanted and uh, now we're uh, we're in and we're a dangerous team. And that's what's fun about this. We can't wait to get in there and have our guys go and uh, we're excited about it. Well,
5: congratulations, Will.
0: It. It's been awesome it's
5: brother.
4: All right, Tony, thanks with Will Myers there. And uh, boy, you start thinking about everything that Will has seen and done. And been through in eight seasons here in San Diego. And he can't help but just feel so incredibly thrilled for Will Myers that he's going to get heading probably into free agency. Uh, one big crack at it here with this 2022 team. And I loved what he said about the 2020 season. He said, this just feels more real. And, I mean, who could argue with it? We've talked about it so much the last couple of seasons, so much of what makes a baseball team great a great baseball team great is their ability to navigate yeah. the 6 months in 162 games.
5: It's not easy, but these hey, guys drive.
8: <laughs> let's, <laughs> drive. Oh, let's go! How's that feel? let's go!
5: Ruben Niebla dousing me right now <laughs> with beer. Man, that's cold. <laughs> Man, it's uh, these guys look like a lot of weight has been lifted off them. They are having the time of their life.
4: As they should, Tony. Tony Gwynn Jr. down in the Padre clubhouse as the celebration rages on. There is, of course, a game tomorrow and another on Tuesday and then one on Wednesday afternoon. Those are against the Giants. Very interesting to see how Bob Melvin manages those games and how this team sort of uh, puts it together. But that is a conversation, I think, more for tomorrow and the next day and the next day than it is for today because it is a celebration. And on Friday night somewhere, might be City Field, might be Truist Park, might even be Bush Stadium in St. Louis, the Padres will be playing game one of a best of three wild card series with the hopes of advancing to the National League Division Series, which would of course mean an opportunity to host playoff baseball here in San Diego at Petco Park. And uh, I don't know if Tony's with us at the exact moment right now, but. Boy, Tony, we've gotten a little bit of a taste of what the fans here in San Diego are capable of these days. It's almost hard to imagine just how much electricity could be generated here downtown uh, if and when playoff baseball is played in this building.
5: Yeah, I mean, listen, there's no doubt the Padres can find their way out of that wild card round and they get a chance to host a home game. I have zero doubt how, how much electricity will be in the building.
4: Enough to power the gas lamp. At
5: least, at least the gas lamp.
4: Yeah, no, you're right, let's keep going. East Village, maybe Golden (laughs) Hill, who can say? Little Italy's gonna get power from our playoff crowds. It'll, uh, It'll be a heck of a special thing, and that is certainly the next goal
9: also, I mean, we talked
4: about it as it was happening, but the way the team celebrated on the field after the game today, certainly part of that was the result of this game. But I was really kind of impressed with the business-like attitude of the whole thing. And you really did get the sense um, that these players, this coaching staff, and certainly this manager, they know there are bigger fish to fry moving forward
1: here.
5: I'll tell you what, for as business-like as they were on the field, they have gone into party mode <laughs> as soon as they got off. All right, listen, I got I got Padres closer with us, Josh Hader. Josh, you come over in the trade. You had some rough spots there early, but you didn't waver. I, I, I'm here every day. I've seen you go to work. You didn't waver. Just talk about pulling yourself out of that. You seem to have a game plan to do it, and you've executed it.
9: Yeah, I mean, I think I think at the end of the day, you got to trust the process. Uh, this, it's a long season, right? And uh, you're going to have ups and downs. You know, the downs that I had were more than I expected. But, you know, you can't, you can't fall. You can't make excuses. Uh, you know, you got to get out of it and you got to, you got to put in the work And at the end of the day. And, uh, you know, I figured out what I needed to do and I just had to execute the plan. And at the end of the day, when you get on that mound, you got to execute that pitch. And that's just really what
5: it all came to. You've been here a few times. You've been in this spot with the champagne celebrating what are you going to pass along to your teammates after this point?
9: Enjoy it. You know, this is the this is one of the funnest moments in this game. We play 162 games and it's a long, long season. But when you get to this point and you're able to get in, it's all even from there. It's a 0-0 ball game and everything from there on is what it is from that day. So uh, right now we enjoy it. It's special. You know, this, this organization hasn't done it much. And it's, it's going to do it a lot, and, and I think this season's going to be a very special season for us. You,
5: you kind of hit on it. You said you knew the game plan that you had to do it in order to pull yourself. I would expect that someone in your position has to have a pretty short memory. How Talk about developing that as a closer, having that short memory, being able to flush it and move on so fast.
9: I mean that you said it right there. I mean that's what you got to do. There's no other answer to it. Uh, you gotta, you gotta forget. I mean you, you learn from what happens. You learn from your mistakes. But once that day's over, once you shower, you wash it off, and you continue to the next day, and you enjoy the family, show up to the ballpark, and repeat. You, you, you trust in that process. I think at the end of the day,
5: in my opinion, your dominance here in the last couple of weeks has really set the bullpen up so that everybody's in their right spot. Ruben having a terrific time down here right now. Uh, Congratulations. Enjoy your teammates, man. Hopefully we get to do this again. Congrats.
4: Josh Hader, thank you very much. With Tony down in the Padre Clubhouse. Boy, talk about riding the ups and downs. And he had some significant downs when he got here. But I tell you what.
5: I got got Josh Bell with us here. Josh, he came over in the trade went from a team that was out of contention to in contention, thrown into that kind of pressure cooker. What are you feeling right now? You know, all the hard work has paid off. You know, we had a rough stretch there for a little bit. We turned things around.
6: You know, our pitching staff has held, held true, held strong this whole time. I know that the first meeting that B-Mail had with, with us, he said, this squad right here is the one that's going to take this championship home. So uh, this is the first chapter we get to celebrate here, and hopefully we get to celebrate again here in the next couple of weeks.
5: Take us back to Arizona. You guys lose that game on Thursday night. Bo Mel says what he says. And really, from that point on, you guys have played probably your best baseball as this unit alone. What did that mean to you guys, or what did that? kind of gear did that kick you guys into? Oh, 100%.
6: You know, it was kind of sad that we needed to hear it, but in the same light, you know, you said, hey, guys, we got to hustle. we got to turn it on right now. Now's the time. Um, and we did. So
5: uh, hopefully we can keep going, pedal to the metal, and then keep pushing forward. All right, man, I won't hold you too long, man. Go enjoy your teammates. Thank you. Appreciate it.
4: Tony and Josh Bell, thanks very much. Tony's going to continue to grab whoever he can down at the Padre clubhouse. For as long as he can, but of course we want everybody to be able to enjoy this celebration down there as well. Some really good stuff with Josh Hader and Josh Bell and Jake Cronenworth and Jerickson Profar and Will Myers. Just to go back to Hader while we wait on Tony to hopefully get some other guys. You know, he he is going to be and has been really for the last month such a critical, critical piece for the Padres. Uh, without a closer performing at that level It is very hard to work deep into the postseason. And so for Josh Hader to have put in the work to get himself right, I think is uh, about as important as anything for the Padres as we now sort of uh, push forward deeper into this month of October because if you don't have an arm like that at the back end, it can become very, very difficult. So great job by Hader and uh, a guy who certainly knows how special this is and how fleeting this can be a guy who has been through the ups and downs in the postseason with Milwaukee. Josh Bell asked uh, by Tony about the meeting in Arizona that Bob Melvin had a few weeks ago after that first game in which the Padres really played one of their worst games of the season. And uh, I, I like the way Josh Bell said it, almost that it was sad that they needed to hear that from Bob Melvin. But they did, and the manager knew that they did. And so he did say it and told them they gotta turn it on a little bit more. They gotta run a little harder. Yeah. They gotta hustle a little bit more. And Tony, they've been doing exactly that.
5: All right, stand by. I'm a, I got Juan Soto pulling up right now. He's spraying champagne. He's having himself a good time. Juan, what are you feeling right now?
7: Uh, I feel great.
5: I feel amazing.
0: <laughs>
5: As he dumps beer on himself. Juan, you come over in the deal obviously a, a big trade for this organization. You've turned it up here in the last three weeks. Just talk about getting going for this team and, and being an offensive presence for him. It just feel amazing to be part of it. I
10: mean, it's a great talent team. I mean, since I get here, they, they made me feel home. And it's just amazing. They feel great. I feel great and happy to be
5: here. You are one of the few guys in this locker room that has gone all the way. You've won a World Series title. What type of advice, what type of information will you pass along to your teammates after you guys celebrate and have fun tonight?
10: (laughs) Just beat everybody else, forget about everything. Just go out there and beat everybody. Either way, it can be by arrow. it can be by anything, but win. At the end of
5: the day, it's just a win. Go enjoy yourself, Juan, congratulations, brother.
4: Tony and Juan Soto, thank you very much. Boy, he makes it sound so easy, the guy with the (laughs) ring. Just go beat everybody, why not?
5: (laughs) That's. That's what, uh, you know, he's done it before. So, maybe it has felt that easy to him at times.
4: Well, I'm sure it did, especially when you consider how well he played in that October of 2019, all the way to the World Series, uh, winning it against the Houston Astros. Sounds like the party is uh, continuing to roll down in the clubhouse, great stuff with Tony, hearing from Juan Soto and Josh Bell, a couple of guys very new to the scene here in San Diego but also a couple of guys who have been around. Jake Cronenworth and Jerickson Profar and Will Myers.
5: All right, I got Pierce Johnson with us right now. Pierce, you're having a good time with your teammates right now. You guys are enjoying the moment. Just talk about what you're feeling right now.
9: Man, this is unbelievable. I mean, I was on the shelf for so long. I finally get to partake in some games and we get to party like this and get to the next round. Man, it. I mean, this is surreal, this is awesome.
5: Talk about that a little bit. You came out the gate throwing the ball very well. You hit the I.L., and it probably was a little longer than maybe you wanted, certainly longer than the team wanted. You come back, and you're able to not only contribute, but contribute in a big way as they tried to close this thing out right here. Talk about that feeling of being able to come back after the injury and still be able to find a way to contribute in a major way. God, it feels so
9: good, man. And, like, everybody welcome me back with, you know, open arms and, finally filled into a role and helped the team out to win and I mean what an unbelievable feeling this is.
5: How difficult was it for you not to press the issue knowing how talented and how good this team was as you said on the show? I mean I did press the
9: issue but they held me back which was the smart play and I can't thank those guys enough because I would have done something dumb but I was just so excited so eager to get back to the field that all I wanted to do is contribute to this team and finally I'm back.
5: I know you live in Denver now, but at heart, you're a true San Diegan, man. Congratulations. Thank you very
4: much. Pierce Johnson, thank you very much. His dad, Don, of course, was uh, the Padres' VP of Marketing the last time this team went to the World Series. It is very good to have a member of the Johnson family back in the Padres organization, particularly as we drive into the postseason. And I love that you asked him that, Tony, about, you know, wanting to get back, itching hey, quick, to get back. Yeah. I got,
5: I got Mike Clevenger with us. Mike you battled all year long, man. You, you, you had the knee, you had the elbow, you kept showing up, throwing innings.
8: How do you feel right now? I mean, I, I feel I, it feels really good. It was really good to get here. It feels like it was uh, a long road. I uh, had good teammates, good training staff, a lot of guys behind me that really put me in a good spot to like keep succeeding, even when like the odds were against me. Maybe a couple starts ago, you revealed that
5: you've been dealing with this knee all season long. Just, you know, a lot of people get to talk about the training staff and, and what they've been able to do for you guys like you. Just talk about how they've been able to keep you right throughout the season to be able to go out there and pitch.
8: Oh man, from Scott Hacker to Rogo to Ben to Ricky to Jay, Kenny in the weight room, like I mean, we've done every, every <laughs> anything you think of to try to get this knee right, they've researched did it, brought in other guys in the organization to fly in and try to help me with body positioning stuff. And it's been all hands on deck and it's really like allowed me to keep toeing the, I got to toe the rubber every five days. Regardless of I was feeling 100%, that's, I got to go out there and pitch. You've saved your best work, it seems like for the
5: last couple of starts. You've been absolutely brilliant. How good does it feel in this time when you guys are battling to get into the playoffs for you to come out
8: and throw, do you, throw your best baseball. I mean, I I live for this moment. Like, that's like why well, I play the game. It's, I mean, once I got that, I got, you know, lucky my rookie year, gonna taste it even the World Series. And once you get that taste, it's like, I I mean, it feels like skydiving. It's like, I mean, it's, you're going back and chasing that drag until you get that, get that rush again. And nothing's like it. Congratulations, Mike.
4: I think we took care of that back in the studio, but uh, Mike, if it cut out for a second for everybody listening on the radio, he was very enthusiastic uh, about having the opportunity to go back to the postseason, which of course he has done in Cleveland. And as he said, all the way to the World Series as a rookie with the uh, with that Cleveland ball club. But he lives for this. Oh, I... He lives for this, there's no doubt. Tony Gwynn Jr. is down in the clubhouse live, wandering around with a microphone, grabbing everybody he can. I'm
5: gonna I'm try to grab Joe here. Yeah. As soon as they finish their activities here, a
4: lot of activities, huh? <laughs> got a shot on TV that I'm looking at. It does look like the team is kind of, am I right, coming together in the center of the room a little bit here?
5: All right, I got Joe. Joe Musgrove, dog. congratulations, brother. Thank you, bro. Um, I don't know where to start with you, man. I mean. This is a San Diego
10: kid, through and through. What does this mean to you, man? You know, I've been, I've been in this point in 17 as a uh, division winner, not a wild card, but this feels so much sweeter than anywhere any, any other win that we've had, man. Um, partially, I think because I, I know what those fans are feeling out there. I was one of those fans for a long time. Still, am one of those fans, uh, and it's nice to be on the other side of the ball and be able to like do my part and try to make an impact and help this team get to a championship. I mean, your leadership
5: all year has has been on display. And you don't need to talk about it. Your teammates do it for you. Just talk about what that has meant for you to be kind of in that lead role,
10: guiding these young guys to this point. Yeah, man, that's always been my biggest goal as a player, is to win the love of the guys in the clubhouse before I win the love of the fans or the staff or anybody else. You know, the guys that you play with, the 26 guys in here, are the most important to me. So to have them talk well about me the way that they have means the world to me. Tells me I'm doing something right, and uh, and they've helped me along the way. Manny's been, you know, an incredible mentor for me. Um, Stammen's been incredible. I mean, like, countless guys in here have helped me like kind of step into this role, and uh, I mean it couldn't feel better, man. Not only has your leadership been top notch, but you've been
5: top notch on the mound. I know things got a little fuzzy there yeah, at midseason, but. You seem to have gotten your feet back under you. Just talk about what it feels like to be a contributor
10: on the field, not just in the clubhouse, but on the field for a moment like this, for a team like this. Yeah, man, it feels that much better. You know, these celebrations. At the time I had this in Houston, I had gotten booted out of the starting rotation, sent to the bullpen, and as I was celebrating, I had this feeling of like, damn, man, I don't feel like I've earned this (laughs) to an extent, you know? This year I feel like I have. you know, I went through those struggles in the middle of the season, and Manny was one of the guys that pulled me inside. and said, "Hey, bro, you've been—you're on a Cy Young type season. Like, you got to get it going if you want to do it." And we talked about a lot of things that he saw in my game that needed improvement, and uh, and I made those adjustments, and you know, and, it, and it's shown in the last handful of starts. So, I'm very thankful for him. But uh, the, the guys around me, man, have really made this season what it is for me. You know, you get to a certain point in the season or not, it's about the guys that you do it with and the experiences that you make along the way. So this group is one of the best I've been around. Well, I can
5: tell you, as an outsider looking in, you deserve all the accolades that the city and this organization has given you. Congratulations. All
4: right, that's Tony with Joe Musgrove downstairs in the clubhouse, and uh, that was just outstanding, outstanding stuff. That was one worth waiting for for a ton of reasons, and how about Joe saying he feels this one is so much sweeter uh, than in 2017 with Houston, even though they went all the way, in part because he knows what all these fans are feeling, because he was that kid sitting in right field at Petco Park. Mark Kotze was flipping him a ball. He knows what it's like to be out there. He knows the heartbreak of being a fan, and he knows the hunger that this team has, and this city has, for a champion. That's great stuff.
5: i tell you what. More so than anybody in this clubhouse, Joe has a unique experience. Because he grew up here in San Diego, he's gone through all of the heartache. And so to be a part of the ball club that actually gets into the playoffs, and I can't stress enough how different this is from that 60-game sprint. Yeah. You put this kind of work over the course of six, seven months, I'm telling you, it is a huge release these guys are enjoying themselves,
4: as they should. Every little bit of it has been earned, and as we said, we hope that there are some more champagne celebrations throughout the month of October. How about also Joe Musgrove kind of letting us know Manny coming to him, you know, at some point, kind of midway through the season? And I'll paraphrase here, uh, you know, hey, you got to get your act together a little bit. We had not heard that story from Joe before, but uh, Tony, if you're with us still, I mean, a little bit unusual certainly for a position player to go to a starting pitcher with that kind of message. with that. Tells you what kind of dynamic exists down in that room with Manny Machado.
5: Yeah, I'm I'm looking for Manny. If I can find Manny, we'll definitely ask him about it. But I'll tell you what, is that all that surprising? Manny does a lot of things that nobody gets to see. It's always kind of behind the scene. And I think he likes it that way. He doesn't want to be out and about. He doesn't want it to be out in front of everybody's eyes. And so to hear that from Joe isn't surprising, but it, it highlights the type of leadership that Manny does behind the scenes.
4: I think you have it exactly right, and uh, so much of it is behind the scenes. Uh, he's not trying to put the spotlight on himself. In fact, fairly certain Manny would be uh, more than happy to never have the spotlight on him ever again. That, of course, is not realistic when you're Manny Machado and you have the kind of talent uh, that he does. It has uh, really been very, very special down there. Uh, Tony doing a phenomenal job with these interviews. And, I uh, one
5: more. I'm, a, I'm, I'm, I'm tracking down Manny right now when I find him. As Josh Stein just got
4: doused. <laughs> Assistant general manager. I see Nabil Krizmat down there, and what a good reminder that is, Tony, that you know this, this is not a 26-man operation on the field.
5: Just a heads up, we might not get Manny. He may have stepped out to go, go celebrate with his family, but if I can get him, I will.
4: All right, well, we can hang about for a little bit. And uh, also at some point, we do need to turn it over to Sam who is dutifully standing by and uh, waiting to get the rest of the postgame underway. But hope everybody's enjoying these conversations. And again, hats off to uh, Tony for making it happen down in the clubhouse. It has been uh, an awful lot of fun. And it is a full team celebration. You mentioned an assistant GM, Josh Stein, getting doused with champagne. Uh, We heard uh, Mike Clevenger talking about the entire training staff and as we said, even, you know, guys who come and go from the minor leagues over the course of the season, there has never been a big league team that has needed only 25 or 26 guys to get through the thing. And uh, it's it's all 40 and then usually a few more besides that on the field to be able to get it done and go all the way and get to the postseason. And that doesn't even begin to scratch the surface when it comes to the support staff. Uh, guys like T.J. Laidlaw and T.J. Lucita, who are fully and just totally outside of the public view, uh, but are critical, critical to these guys being able to perform the way that they do. The trainers, the travel folks, all the guys who work so hard in the clubhouse. It is a gigantic, gigantic operation. And really, when you think about what everybody sees on the field, that is the tip of the iceberg, quite literally. And that's a big old hunk underneath uh, the rest of the ocean, so to speak.
5: Yeah, I mean, especially when it comes to the training staff. I mean, a lot of times the most people know about them is when they come running out on the field when somebody's hurt. But the work they do before the game with all of these guys, because once you get into the season, nobody's 100% healthy. Yeah. And so the work they have to do to keep these guys right and keep them ready really it doesn't get enough credit.
4: Tony's down there. He's searching for another interview or two, maybe, while he looks around. We're going to pause real quick for station identification on the Padres radio network.
1: Thanks for joining us for today's KWFN-FM and KWFN-HD1 San Diego. Many Manny Machado from the San Diego
3: Padres. You're listening to Padres Baseball on the Padres radio network. Always
1: live on the free Odyssey app.
4: Extended postgame coverage from Petco Park here tonight as the Padres have clinched a spot in the 2022 postseason. We have Tony Gwynn Jr., Sam Levitt, our producer engineer Dave Marcus, Frank Marchese back in the studio. I'm Jesse Agler. Thanks for making us a part of what was a Sunday afternoon and now a Sunday evening. The celebration rages on, not only down in the Padre clubhouse where Tony is, but I'm up in the booth tee. I can see out on the field a bunch of players have come out to celebrate with their families and how neat it is to see players and coaches you know, kind of acting like fans and kids. There are hugs and they're taking pictures of the scoreboard and just really having this opportunity uh, to be down there and enjoy this with their loved ones. Dueling parties and uh, both of them just so incredibly significant.
5: Yeah, it's not often that you get to see players in that element, right? It's usually in cases like this when they have clinched and beyond. And that's because the concentration level that it takes to win ball games at this level it's really hard to explain unless you've been in it. And so what you see is a natural release. When you see them out there acting like fans or you know celebrating with their family, it's the one time that you can do it and feel okay about it.
4: And what a moment it is and like we said the first of how many we'll see Andres will play three games against the Giants here at Petco tomorrow, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Uh, the final three games of the regular season. And then on to somewhere for Friday night in game one of the best of three wild card series. Might be the Mets, might be the Braves, might be the Cardinals. And uh, as we're talking about with the celebration going on right now, I don't think anybody cares uh, right now where that game might be. It is about getting in and then uh, the business becomes a little bit adjusted in a couple of days.
5: All right, Jess, I'm gonna have uh, A.J. Preller here coming. He's finishing up a scrum and then he's gonna head my way.
4: Perfect, perfect. Bunch of guys, as we said, out on the field. I see Manny out there celebrating uh, with his family, not only his family, but other families as well. And again, that's another good reminder, I think, of the place that he has in that clubhouse and sort of the way so many things orbit around him. Padres have clinched their spot in the postseason. Tony's down in the clubhouse. And uh, any moment now, he'll be joined by the Padres' general manager, A.J. Preller. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like some cold beer on Tony Gwynn Jr. (laughs) Oh man,
5: Nick just got me really good there. These goggles have come in handy. I imagine so, and the poncho.
4: Tony is staying dry and uh, staying as uh, clean as possible. You don't want the eyes burning down there as you are trying to walk around to interview guys. It, uh, it, it's, it's been fun as they've got a bunch of cameras in there as well that we've got access to up here in the booth to sort of see the way the celebration has progressed, if you will. It began very raucous, and now I don't want to say it's petering out, but you know I think guys are just kind of letting the moment soak over them. There's a big celebration taking place on the field right now as well in addition to the one in the clubhouse. Okay,
5: I I got A.J. with us right now. A.J., you are the mastermind behind this roster and how it's come together. This is a little bit different, I suspect, than it was in 2020. What are you feeling right now? I mean, this is is what you do it
6: for is get to the postseason. I'm really proud of the guys and excited for everybody. And, you know, every year is a little different, honestly. 2020 was such a unique situation. Uh, That was a lot of fun, too.
5: Uh, but this over 162 is uh, it's really it's really gratifying. So. I, I Take you back to maybe two Thursdays ago. They lose that first game in Arizona Bob Melvin comes out Whether it was to the team or through the media basically called this ball club out and They've answered and responded in a way that I think it, it, it had that he was searching for Just talk about your thoughts during that time and and seeing this ball club kind of turn it on yeah, I mean, I
6: think, I think that, again, like, I think Bob's message at that time really was to the ball club, and, and you know, I think he said some things publicly, but he just said we're, we're better than we're playing, and it's time to go out and go, you know, the next few weeks we're going to be tested, and we'll see how we respond. We responded really well. And I think, it would tell, you know, Bob and also the players. Manny got the guys together, you know, held a players-only meeting. And they talked about what their expectations were and just felt we're better than we've been playing. Let's
5: go out and do this. Last August was a little bit different than this August. Uh, whatever deals that were out there didn't, didn't come together. This year they did. Did you feel like you had to make a specific move or any type of move to get this ball club to where they are right now?
6: Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think we looked at the deadline. It wasn't really a response to last year. It's just like, well, you look at your team every year. Every year's a little bit different, et cetera. But we liked, again, like Juan Soto, Josh Hader. Those are like those are game changers. Those are guys that are impactful players. Brandon Drury, Josh Bell. You know, ultimately, we knew we had to supplement our club. We look to do that every year. When you have a chance to play in the postseason, you want to make sure you give the guys in the clubhouse every opportunity to play deep in the postseason. we were better able to line up this year. And, you know, ultimately, those guys helped us down the stretch for sure. And
5: hopefully, they continue to help us deep into October. AJ, I won't keep you any longer, man. Congratulations. Ball club earned it this year
4: Tony and AJ thank you so very much Uh, T, I'm getting a signal from uh, our boss Dave that I think that's going to wrap up this portion of it but obviously a lot more coverage to come and again I don't know if you can hear me or not because I know it's crazy down there but hey man that was absolutely stellar work down in the clubhouse
5: Thank you sir, Uh, I think I will sign off from that point because everybody's cleared out of this locker room.
4: All right, well then uh, that makes perfect sense. I will uh, I'll meet you somewhere and uh, we'll shake hands, maybe share a hug and uh, have our own little celebration as we get ready to call some playoff baseball on Friday night.
5: Sounds good, my friend.
4: Awesome. Thanks, Tony. Amazing amazing work down in the Padres clubhouse. We'll take a break, come back and uh, when we return, Sam who again has been dutifully standing by, uh will take things over. A lot more great coverage to come. Uh, including, I'm sure, some extended comments from Bob Melvin about what took place here today and what will take place in the days and hopefully weeks ahead.
11: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof?